Today's episode of the Gaucho 9 podcast is brought to you by our friends at Kyle's Kitchen. Check out the crispy chicken sandwich at their four locations in the Santa Barbara area, Chapala Street downtown, Hollister Village, and Calle Real in Goleta, and on Pardal in Isla Vista. All right, what a series it was at Blair Field. Uh, still thinking about it. Just a, a, a marathon game last night uh, in game four, 8-5 win for the Gauchos in 12 innings. Christian Curley, Clayton Hall, the heroes of that game at the tail end. Many Gaucho heroes throughout the weekend, but recency bias plays here. So it's going to have we're going to have Christian Curtley and Clayton Hall couple interviews with those guys on the podcast today and then we talk with UCSB analytics Spencer Stewart and David Tillotson passing out weekend awards so let's get to it we'll start with uh, a little surprise some highlights from the weekends and then Christian Curtley and Clayton Hall here on the Gaucho 9 podcast it's one of the most beautiful views of any campus in America, the Pacific Ocean crashing against the shores of UC Santa Barbara every morning, noon, and night. There's the one strike pitching. Mitchell bounces the deep left. Cabrera is going to watch it fly. Bare hand by Will to throw the first in time. Here's the Uchi pitch. And a curveball is swung on him. Gauchos are going to Omaha. Can you believe it? A three run shot for Jordan Sprinkle. In the score is two. Here comes Mitchell. He's going to score. And the Gauchos are the 2019 champions of the Big West. Ball, no strikes to Jordan Sprinkle. The pitch is hammered to deep left. Back is Lopez. He's at the track. He's at the wall. And he leaps. And this one is gone. A grand slam for Jordan Sprinkle. <laughs> Sprink <laughs> does it again. In the air. Would hold the runner. One strike pitch. Is a little pop-up to first base. Johnson, standing on the bag, steps on first, and Luttrell is out. A pop-up double play. I don't <laughs> believe it. I do not believe it. Johnson stepping in front of the runner to catch the ball, and he was standing right on first base before Luttrell could get back and touch it himself. We go to extras. Sunday baseball, man. It's 5-5. Unbelievable. 2-2 pitch is hit to deep left. Lopez is back. He's at the track. He's at the wall. He leaps at the wall, and this one is out of here. Christian Curley, a three-run homer here in the 12th inning, gives the Gauchos a three-run lead. Second homer of the game for Curtley. Christian Curtley is here. The hero. I'm not the hero. You're the hero. The hero from this weekend. I mean, man, like, when we played Fullerton uh, at the start of the Big West Conference Series and Gauchos won the first two games and then dropped the second two games, it felt like we lost a series. Would you not agree? Uh, 100%. I 100% agree with that. Yeah. For sure. So, Gauchos down two games to one going into yesterday's game on Sunday against Long Beach State and come away with the crazy 12-inning win – you hit the homer, we come home, feel like we win the series, right? Yes, 100%. So how did you sleep last night? Yeah, um, you know, 
I slept pretty well. Four games set and four games in three days. You know, it's pretty easy to get some sleep on a Sunday. So I, I slept good. I slept good. I know it's a big adrenaline rush, like I said, but you know, after four games and everything cools down, you get off the bus, pack, unpack your stuff. I mean, it's pretty easy to get some sleep on a Sunday for sure. So. <laughs> well, that's that's good to know. That's good. Yeah. To know. Easy to sleep on a on a win. Let's let's go into the at bats. Yesterday, of course, if if you didn't see the game. Two homers for Kirtley in game four. One was in the seventh inning against the starter Jack Noble on a 3-2 pitch in a 2-1 game. It tied the score. And then the second one, what was it, a 1-2 or was it 2-1? 2-2. Okay, 2-2 in the 12th with two runners on and two outs in a 5-5 game. And you leave the yard for the second time to give the Gauchos the lead that they did not relinquish uh, in extras. Walk us through that first at bat because I, we were making note of it because Noble had ten strikeouts to that point. It was in the seventh, and Gauchos were having trouble with his breaking ball, and you were behind 0-2, and he throws you three straight breaking balls. Walk us through yeah. that at bat. Yeah, I mean, I think it's I think it's important to say this to preface this. I kind of brought the offense up right before that inning, right? They had just come off defense, and I was like, hey, you know, we got nine outs. We're chasing one. Nobody needs to hit a five-run homer. Our job is to get one run right now. If we get one run, then our next job is to get another run. You know, just kind of simplify the game a little bit. And, uh, yeah, I come up with with two outs, and he throws me two fastballs. And, you know, they're, on, they're good pitches, you know, in the strike zone for sure. And I was like, damn, you know, 0-2. But I was like, you know what, like, I, you know, I, I just got to get this done. It is what it is. And I knew he, I knew he was going to come with the curveball, and um, yeah, he threw kind of three of the same curveballs back to back to back, and I was just, I was seeing the ball well at that point, and uh, yeah, I just I, I had some good takes there, and three two, I knew that he was going to come with a uh, heater there, and I just he left it over the plate, left a little bit up, and I was I was fortunate enough to you know hit hit it good, so. That that tie of the game, of course. I, I think I told you after the game. Probably Spencer probably got to you at some point. Four hundred and thirty feet on that yeah. on first home run. Did you get all of it, or like how did it feel off the bat? Yeah, no, I, I, I for sure. I don't know that I could have hit a ball. You know, I don't know what the exit below was, but at that launch angle and, and at that speed. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's safe to say I, I, I got. You got a good piece of it. If not all, you know, pretty damn <laughs> close. So, well, you, it wasn't a five run homer, but it sure felt like it. Cause yeah. in, a, in a tight game like that against a, a pitcher who had the Gauchos numbers, I mean, it, it sure felt like a, a huge momentum swing. But Long Beach State, they punch back and they, they take the 5 2 lead into the top of the ninth. What a rally by the Gauchos in the ninth inning. And it started with, Christian Kirtley working a walk, and who was, was that? Was against Pacheco or was he got against Fields? Yeah, Pacheco. I think the left-hander. That's Pacheco, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, at that point, I think they got. I don't even. I think I, there was one out at that point. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I. He threw me four straight balls, easy takes, and then Bryce comes up with the clutch base knock. Johnny Newman comes up with a big professional at bat. It's like, oh, you know, hey, shows are here, man. You can't, you can't. Last three outs are the hardest to get. 
You know, so what, what's say, the vibe? What's the vibe in the dugout? So you score the the first run to make it five yeah. three on uh, like the sack fly by by KJ. What's the vibe in the dugout on, in, in an inning like that? When like before you guys tie it, and then after you guys tie it. Yeah, I mean, before we tie it, you know, I'd love to say that the vibe in the dugout is is good, and we think we're gonna come back, and we're all confident. <laughs> but you know, that would be a lie. But we we definitely were not we're not down. You know, we we were on the edge of our seat, like okay, like we think we can do this, man. All we gotta do is string together some good at bats, and and we think we can tie this game. You know, and you know, Willow comes up, Sprinkle comes up, clutch, and then you know, we tie the game and it's like, oh my gosh, you know, if we tie this game, we're going to win it. You know, there's no, there's no, there was no doubt in that dugout after we tied that game five, five in the ninth that we were going to, you know, win that game. So yeah, those were the pre and post tie game vibes in the dugout there. What about, was there a little doubt when Long Beach loaded the bases in the last of the ninth with one out? A little bit of doubt? Oh, then, a little bit of doubt. I mean, a lot of bit of doubt. How, you know, how about that pop up at first base? Like, I I went nuts. I, I I was not anticipating that. It caught me totally off guard. Yeah, I think it caught everybody off guard. That guy that was up to bat had been really really hot all weekend and all year. I guess his numbers are great, but yeah, I mean, a lot of doubt to say the least. And he. <laughs> And good, good, good job by KJ. A little savvy move there. It doesn't. I don't think it shows on the, uh, on the uh, on ESPN or the replays or whatnot. But he, the real savvy move, kind of blocking the runner a little bit there. You know, little, little box out. For, you know, little box out in action. Yeah. <laughs> so you know what, man? Baseball gods just sometimes it goes that way. So in the twelfth inning, it, it's funny how baseball works. Like you understand that. In nine innings, you know, like the ninth inning is if someone has the lead, it's the end of the game, right? And there's the mentality. And that changes when it's a tie game and it goes to the tenth. Feels like kind of things kind of settle in. It's like, oh, oh, like that's over with. We gotta move on. And and the kind of the approach changes. So not a whole lot of action in the tenth and the eleventh. But then the twelfth inning comes around and Gauchos kind of musters something out of nothing. It starts with a hit by pitch. And then yeah. you come to bat with two runners on. And it was a 2-2 pitch, you said. It looks like it was over the, the outside part of the plate. Like you reached for it, uh, but were able to, to pull it over the left field fence at, at night, too. And a tough place to hit at night, but you yeah. got enough of it. So <laughs> how did it feel around the bases for the second time, knowing that you gave your team a three-run lead? Oh, ecstatic. I mean... Uh, that's just you know you're in the backyard you're the you, with your friends or whatnot and you're always bottom of the ninth you know up to me curly hits a home run so it, it was really it was really it was crazy and it was I, I i was glad i was obviously happy i was obviously ecstatic and uh yeah they'd kind of been chirping us all weekend so it was it, it was nice to punch back and and three runs so a little bit of cushion and shut the door uh yeah and i was just i was i was really happy to do it for the team as well you know they they fought they clawed their way i just kind of put the icing on the cake so yeah it was awesome okay we, we were mentioning before we started recording the dh you've been in all year long mm-hmm. and in a, a dh role in a game like that i mean you're not you're not out in the field making plays like 
how are you preparing for each at bat? And it sounds like you've, you've made adjustments throughout the year. Like it's difficult at first cause you're not used to it. You played left field last year. You played second base and catcher and all those positions and passes in your gaucho career. But now being a DH, like all you're doing is hitting. That's your sole focus. So like, how do you refocus after an at bat and try to get ready for your next at bat when you're not running on and off the field, trying to think about defense? Yeah. Um, you know, like I said, in the beginning of the year, I kind of had some trouble with that. I was just kind of sitting on at bats and thinking about them and, and whatnot. But, you know, I started warming up the outfielder uh, in between innings, just all right. Like if, 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 if I get out, especially after, after I get out or even if I get a hit or something, just come in, take all my stuff off and warm up the outfielders, just quickly forget about, you know, whatever I did, good or bad. And then when I come back in the dugout, I try to focus all of my energy on defense, you know, you know, being behind our guys, being behind our pitchers. And I just try to keep hitting kind of in the back of my mind up until it's, it's, it's time to, to hit again and just kind of, yeah, put forth all of my energy uh, onto that defensive side, even though I'm only in the dugout. And that's, that's, that's really been kind of a turning point for me these last couple of weeks. So well, it feels good to hit a few over the fence. I think you're tied for the team lead in doubles. So you you were you were nice. behind in the home run tally. Now you're you're creeping up the standings in the home run tally. So <laughs> nice. feels good, right? Oh yeah. Feels good. I know I know I had uh more juice than the two home runs that that I that I uh have logged in there. So it was nice to, you know, from a personal and a statistics standpoint, put a couple more in that in that category. So of course, yeah. of course. We like we like statistics and and things of that nature on this podcast. So we we appreciate you filling up the stat sheet. And <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what a game! What a game! Uh, we're going to talk to Clayton Hall as well. I mean, he was great in, in extra innings with four shutout innings. And how about John Newman? You mentioned him the the catch okay. behind behind on plate up against the wall, backing up the overthrow at third base and then having the, this quality at bats, uh, even though he hadn't seen any at bats or played appearances up to this point, he's just a true freshman. So lots of heroes uh, and your boy Cole going to Oppo Taco. Yeah. Uh, in, yeah. And you're like, okay, I got to one up you. And you went yard twice. You can rub it in this week. <laughs> oh yeah. I'll for sure rub it in, man. <laughs> Excellent. All right, Christian. Uh, thanks for the time and rest up, get ready for uh, Cal Poly next weekend. Yes, sir. Thank you, Ken. Appreciate you, man. All right. Christian Kirtley. Thank you. Peace. Okay. Clayton Hall is here. First time guest on the pod. And man, did you have fun yesterday? I hope yes, you did. That, that was a crazy game. I think everyone there. Probably had a great time. Everyone watching it was on ESPN. All that it's pretty much, pretty much perfect. Was it going through your head that you were on television as you were out there, or were you just solely focused on throwing strikes? No, definitely not in my head. I kind of wish it was because I watched <laughs> some of the video, had some interesting facial expressions and stuff, but I was just focused on the game. But that—that's the beauty of it. Like. Because playing in front of cameras, sometimes you'll get subconscious or try and alter your your mannerisms 
and then that's not you out there, right? It's somebody else, and that might take away from your pitching performance. So I think it's a good thing that it totally left your mind, and you're just you're in the thick of it, trying to win a baseball game, right? Definitely, I think it's pretty obvious. I wasn't worried about that. I mean, I was talking to myself, doing a bunch of weird things on the mound, but like you said, that's just that's just me. So I wasn't going to change it. So is that normal? Because I, I was Spencer and I were going back and forth. Because I, you know, I, I don't sit and watch bullpens all the time. And you are first year gaucho, transferred in from Merced College. So I haven't seen you pitch much, right? And the guys that I've seen pitch a lot, like I can detect things. I can detect when it's going well or it's not going well or, all right, he's thinking about something here or he likes to go to the back of the mound and adjust the cap. But you're like pacing all over the place and <laughs> – checks comes out to to the mound in the ninth and you're kind of like walking around i'm like oh no did he hurt himself like we need <laughs> hall right here and spencer's like no 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 don't worry don't worry that's just clayton doing clayton things yeah <laughs> i i don't know i honestly kind of black out when when i pitch at least in a game like that and so i wouldn't say it's all the time but situation like that i just it just turns into a different person when checks came out there honestly like I didn't even realize until after the game that I got into bases loaded, one out with the tying or with the winning run on on third base. I didn't even know that happened that game until after the fact. So I don't know if I just wasn't paying attention or what, but like I never thought about losing that game. So he came out there and I was like, "What are you doing?" I was like, "I didn't know why he's coming out there. I <laughs> thought I was doing really good." So I was kind of surprised. That's that's why I was pacing around. I was talking to myself, saying, "Why are you coming out here?" Should we be concerned about that, that you didn't know it was the winning run at third base? No. I Basically, <laughs> I knew it was an important run, but I just wasn't I, – I wasn't thinking about losing there, I guess. Because, I mean, the way they got the bases loaded in my mind, they weren't – I guess the last hit to left was was pieced pretty well, but I didn't think – I didn't think they were going to hit it, honestly. Right, it was uh, – was, there was two outs, nobody on, right? And then a, you, like, grazed a guy, hit by pitch – Next I think guy. it was one out. Yeah, remember, one out. Sorry, one yeah, out. Yeah. No, in in the twelfth, it was both teams were two up, two down in the top half and the bottom half, and then a hit batter. So that was what yeah. went through my mind. But yeah. no, in the ninth, in the ninth, so it was one out, hit by pitch, and then estrada just hits it to the hole on the, in the four side yeah two strikes because because there was nobody there i thought yeah. it was a good piece of hitting just trying to all right i just got to get on base yeah but so base is loaded checks comes out and you're facing cox who has a couple homers in the series and he he gave the the dirtbags the lead in the in the seventh inning like i said he was the last guy that the gauchos want to face Obviously, Clayton wasn't thinking that. He's like, no, I got this guy. I got the jam shot pop-up double play to first base in my back pocket. Oh, yeah. And you, and you played it. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, again, I had no idea who was hitting until I started watching the game after the fact. But, like, I don't know. They they all seem the same. I'm just not thinking about that type of stuff. I just know if I make my pitch, then everything's going to be all right no matter who's up there. And, obviously, that was super lucky. Happy I made a good pitch to get him to jam, but you can't you can't predict that having to go straight to first base and Kyle being able to step on first. That was pretty. I've never seen that before. Like we're used to the like line out, and the guy thinks it's a hit, 
gets hung out to dry, throw back to first, double play. But that one where Kyle is literally standing on the base. Yeah, I've never. Could any better for the Gauchos. No, no. I, and it, it, was, it seemed like it was in the air for like five seconds too. It was, it was a lazy little line drive. It was weird. I was just yelling. I remember yelling, step on first, step on first. I saw the play happening. Well, that's an interesting approach, Clayton. It's very simplified. Very simplified. Very. I think it's good. I think it's good. I mean, sometimes you have to do that in, in a game like that, especially for me because I'm, I'm sitting in the stands and it's different and I've, I'm aware now of a lot of other things that are going on and what's at stake and like who's batting and what they've done just because I've got it all sitting in front of me and it's part of the show. I'm trying to paint the picture here of how big the situation is. And sometimes I forget about the players on the field and how they interpret the situation. And it's the ones that have the ability to simplify the situation and turn it into just trying to execute my pitch are the ones that have success. And you had success. Four shutout innings to get the win. First Division One win? Definitely. Yeah. All right? Yeah. Yeah. And on the weekend, five innings, four hits, no runs, one walk, and three strikeouts. And in a in a tight series like like it was this weekend, I mean that's those are pitching performances that the Gauchos need. It's good to have you back healthy because you missed what about a month and a half, something like that. Yeah, that that made it even more special to me that that game because I was so excited to be back out there in a big moment, big game like that. I feel like. It was a rough month and a half or whatever, but I feel like I came back at the right time. Happy to be here. So at Merced, were you a starter or were you coming out of the pen? I was a closer there, so I would play third base all game and then come in kind of like the – I had a game that was almost exactly like last night's game, surprisingly, where I came in in the ninth and we went extras and threw like four or five innings. But, yeah, I would just come in either the seventh through the ninth and close from third base. So you'd been there before. So you've done this already. Yes, that is my favorite <laughs> spot. <laughs> I didn't know you played third base. Yeah, that was I was a primarily primar primarily a position player going into college and everything and just started pitching. Wow. So you're probably looking forward to pitchers batting practice whenever that's gonna supposed to happen. I'm so excited. I think we've been lagging on that a little bit. <laughs> it's been like what, two or three weeks, but Check says he's he's trying to find a day to get it in there, so I'm trusting him. Okay, okay. Right-handed batter. Right-handed. Where's lot your of swing and miss? Lot of swing and miss in the bat. Really? It's like sometimes with sometimes pitching, same thing. But yeah, just all or nothing at the plate. Okay, okay. You you pull pull happy, or can you like can you go opposite field in the gap? I I like right center a lot. Nice. You know, double doubles right center. But just like Z Rod. Yes, I, I wish I could compare myself to Z-Rod, but I'd like to. Maybe in BP. Uh, last thing, you threw all fastballs. You threw all fastballs. Yeah. And a, on a few of the broadcasts, especially with, with Corey Lewis throwing and with, and with McGreevy and with Rodney, who have three-plus pitches, and comparing – comparing their college starts to Bieber and how effective he is with all of his breaking stuff and how he's throwing only 30% fastballs. 
and some of the the rhetoric that I've been using is well, all the fastball hype. You know, you don't need a, a good fastball to get people out. And then here comes Clayton Hall, only throwing fastballs like Mariano. It's got <laughs> a little. It's got a little cut to it, right? Just a little bit, just enough. Yeah, it does something. I don't know what it is. Something about how I release or something. I don't know. Well, you your your location was pinpoint, and and the Gauchos needed you, and you came through. And it was one of the more exciting NCAA baseball games that I have witnessed. So uh, I hope to see you back out there against Cal Poly. You looking forward to the Cal Poly series? Super excited. I think that's last night's game is a great, I think we're going to build off that. And that's going to, shows are going to be hot. Shows are hot. And uh, come home first time in two weeks. So it'll be nice to play a home game. Yes, definitely. Maybe we'll see some fans in the stands at some point. That would be, that would be nice. Fingers crossed. Yeah, how was it yeah. playing uh, playing in front of uh in front of that family, was awesome. friends? Yeah, I had family there. I think that added a game like that with no fans in the stands isn't it's not nearly as as fun. I don't think. I think that added to that last night's game. It's it's, it's a big element, difference. Yeah, it's an element that we miss because the players feed off their reactions and and so do the broadcasters occasionally. Uh, it's great great to have them back. So definitely. Clayton, thanks for the time. Rest up, get that arm healthy, and uh, we'll see you at the yard. Will do. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Clayton Hall, thank you. All right, UCSB Analytics is stopping by to talk about the Long Beach State Series. Gauchos split with the Dirtbags. What a game yesterday. We are recording Monday evening. Still buzzing on that 12-inning win. 8-5 the final. Christian Kirtley, the three-run homer in the 12th to split the series. Gauchos at 26-12 overall, 17-7 in the Big West, sitting in second place behind UCI, who took two out of three from Oregon State at home this weekend. Gaucho's sitting at 69 in the RPI, so they bumped up two spots overall on the weekend based on where they were when we recorded this podcast last weekend. And then in the the rankings, fell down to 27 from 22 in NCBWA and I think dropped two spots in the coaches poll which lists like 50 teams and they're like right around like 32 or 30 I believe Uh, but two big series coming up for the Gauchos Cal Poly at home this weekend and then UCI the following weekends and there will be another ESPNU telecast coming up so two big weekends ahead at Cesar Wasaka Stadium and let's get into this Long Beach State series. Are you guys? I'm still buzzing from yesterday. Are you guys? Is it has it rubbed off yet, or like is your are your excitement levels down, or are you guys uh, are you guys still uh, pretty stoked? Spencer, David, um, pretty stoked. That was a hell of a game. It was. Uh... I mean, we didn't have a lead until Curtly had the three-run home run. So we were scratching back, clawing our way back. 
that top of the ninth inning was just, I mean, the ninth inning in general, absolutely bonkers. Mm-hmm. Um, I was, it, it's just the roller coaster of emotions. Um, but for me, I'm, I'm looking at the whole weekend series and I'm being nitpicky, you know, picking out the, the things that we could have done better in order to, what well, we couldn't, you know, won a third or fourth game that series. But when you look at it, it feels like a series win just because of the importance that that game held. And the fact that, uh, you know, ultimately you never want to lose a series. Um, you lose one series and it becomes a lot harder to, to earn the top spot in the big West. Um, not a lot of, you know, there's only so much, so many games you'll play against the conference opponents. So each game gets more and more important as the season goes on. So that one held a lot of weight and um, the way that they, we were able to respond that the boys were able to play was absolutely crucial for, uh, for the rest of the year, really. Yeah. I, unfortunately for me and Spencer, we're already, you know, starting to think about Kyle Pauly. So we can't sit and ride that high too long from yesterday. I think we were talking about that a little bit uh, coming home yesterday with, coach Fontino uh and just kind of you know staying steady moving on to the next opponent and getting ready for next week but I mean how could you not still be buzzing off of that game with all of the implications sort of it, it felt like a do or die kind of like game three super or game you know five of a, a regional or something like that where it was just like every man up I mean using every position player uh, McGreevy, I think, was lacing his cleats up, getting ready to come in and play defense or base run if we needed a body. So, I mean, it, it was it definitely felt do or die, and it was just great to come out on top of, of a game like that. Yeah, it felt like a playoff game, and it felt like a late-in-the-season Big West Conference game where there is something on the line, whether it's a at-large bid or a conference championship, and, and that's what we love. And Long Beach State... I mean, tip your caps to them. They were great last year, off to a great start, having beaten Cal, Wake Forest, and Mississippi State. And most of that team was back. And despite the having no fall and starting late, I mean, they, they brought it. And they look like a good team. They do not look like a, a 12 and 11 team. And the Gauchos had to battle. And Blair Field, tough place to play. First time playing in front of family and friends from both teams. And with the, the orientation of the stands, I mean, it, it really sounded, maybe it's just we haven't heard fans in a while, but, I mean, it was loud. It was it was noisy, and people were into it, like who had been away from baseball for a year plus and hadn't seen their kids play, and people were into it, and I thought the atmosphere was, was absolutely electric. Just a, a super cool weekend overall, and it does feel like a series win, even though uh, the both both teams split. Uh, the four games set. So let's dig into our players of the week. I'm, I'm sure this conversation will be dominated by, by Sunday, but there are some other candidates out there and some other things that need to uh, be given out because I made some promises. So I think it was in between games two and three when I was eating my lunch Right? I think this is right, Spencer. In between games two and three? Yeah. Kyle Johnson rolls, you know, walks by. And, you know, in between games, we like to have fun with the players if we can. And I, I chirp him a little bit. Like, KJ, you got 
two broken bat hits, two for two in the series. And he's like, yeah, if I get a third one, you got to name me player of the week. And so I said, you got yourself a deal. And lo and behold, late in yesterday's game, he hits a little off the end of the bat, pop up down the left field line, falls for a hit, and God bless KJ, tries to extend it into a double, gets thrown out. But I'll be true to my word because he had three broken bad hits, three not barreled hits, and so he's my player of the week. He did lead both teams in batting average this weekend. He hit 750 on the weekend and drove in a run with a sacrifice fly. So Kyle Johnson, you are my player of the week. Okay. Who's second? David. Um, I mean, how could you not go with Christian Kirtley? Uh, you know, the, the performance he had on Sunday, two home runs, four RBIs, um, obviously the pivotal home run in the 12th inning, give us a three run lead and a little bit of a cushion going into the bottom of that one. Um, he also swiped a bag on Sunday, I believe in the first inning, um, kind of on a weird play there, but ended up, you know, getting on base 579 clips, slugging 923 on the weekend. Uh, just, you know, a great weekend also worked five walks and a hit by pitch as well. So, uh, just getting on base a lot. Um, Long Beach had a great, a great pitching staff. I mean, we played, I think, a 5-4, a 4-3. The 6-0 game was close until the seventh inning when it finally got blown open, and then the 12-inning close game again. So uh, hits were tough to come by this weekend, and Curly did a great job at the plate in terms of producing for us and helping us come out with a split. Yeah, I, I interviewed Brock Mortensen before Sunday's game and joked about a Brock Mortensen hat trick. We could probably change that around or like brainstorm what we could call it, like a gaucho hat trick where it's a, a walk, a homer, and a stolen base. Or a walk or a slash hit by pitch, a stolen base, and a homer. Something like that. Because the gauchos have a few guys that can work counts. They have a couple guys that get dosed. And they like to run the bases, and they like to hit homers. And so if you get all three of those in one game, that could be the gaucho hat trick. And we could say that Kirtley got the first one since he had a walk, a stolen base, and in this case, two home runs. The uh, the first one, pretty important too. 3-2, two, two outs, gauchos trailing 2-1 in the top of the seventh. Noble trying to finish off a solid seven innings, and, and Kirtley took him deep to tie the game. So that one also crucial. So uh, good pick, David. Spencer? Um, well, I mean, there's a lot of honorable mentions. A lot of people stepped up when their name was called. Most notably, Clayton. Um, five innings, four hits, three strikeouts. His fastball had a life of its own, and uh, he appeared twice in the series. Um, so he really, he really took on a heavy weight and um, in some really big situations was able to succeed. So that's a, it's an honorable mention for me. You know, there's a lot more sprinkle, um, you know, the grand slam home run. That was probably besides uh, Kurt's home run, the, besides Kurt's home run, uh, I think sprinkles grand slam was one of the more electric moments of the weekend, but my players of the week are the lefties, uh, Booney and Benbrook. 
the uh, the lefties who who did it in uh, and got the shutout in game two. Um, that was awesome, especially because it quieted the bats of Long Beach after what was you know a good game for them to to take in game one facing McGreevy, a really good arm. Um, Boone came in and he got 10 strikeouts, only gave up four hits in the six innings he threw. And then uh, he passed the rock over to Benbrook, who had three innings to complete out the game, two hits, four strikeouts, um, four walks combined between them. And they had they forced Long Beach to a 200 batting average uh, against. So they were keeping it close um, in a really tight game. And, you know, it, like Tilly said, it wasn't until that that a grand slam that the game finally opened up and there was a little bit less uh, pressure there. So that was, uh, that was crucial. And the lefties got it done in game two. Yeah. And throughout the broadcasts, uh, as the weekend kind of went on, one of the, one of the underlying themes was when are the gauchos going to get the, the big okay. hit. And usually this is highlighted when, when you're losing close games, like the gauchos did, they lost one run games in game one and game three when you have opportunities to get a hit to tie the game or to give yourselves the lead that we've seen UCSB do time and again this season and it doesn't happen in this series and so then you're 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 thinking negative thoughts and this and that but Benbrook and Boone on that game 2 performance Long Beach State had the leadoff man on in seven of nine innings, and they did not score. So that's an impressive feat to be dealing with base runners in each inning and not allow a run. So a good call with with Ronnie Boone and Carter Benbrook there. And Clayton Hall, yesterday, four shutout innings to earn the win, his first Division I win, and keeping the Gauchos in it and – somehow getting out of the ninth inning. <laughs> we'll get to that, I'm sure, here coming up with our moment of the week. But just those games, you, you get the performances or the moments from guys who maybe uh, you don't expect or you're you're not relying on. Uh, you're hoping to rely on the guys that have got it done all, all year long, but it's baseball, and they're not going to do that. It's just the... It's just what normally happens, right? And so it's guys like Hall and guys like John Newman that step up and make plays uh, for the Gauchos and Christian Curley, who came through in the clutch. Uh, moments of the week. <laughs> Lots of them yesterday, that's for sure. Um, which one do I want to pick? Which one do I want to pick? Like I was... On the bus, I was clipping up all the play, all the plays that happened, and and reliving them on uh, on the call on UCSBGouches dot com, and that was pretty fun. David, you've been encouraging me to be more enthusiastic. Was I successful in being more enthusiastic? I think so. Uh, I mean, <laughs> compared to some some of the early season uh, commentary, I, th I think that you're at, you're getting to a, a perfect fever pitch for uh, what we want um, on, on plays. Uh, 
you know, you, you, your mic, you don't want it to be crackling. So you got to, you know, control yourself a little bit. But uh, I think the excitement level is great for this weekend. Okay. I mean, Good. Kevin, you, mm. you about lost your mind when, uh, when Kyle turned the double play on the unassisted pop-up. You I did. You didn't really know what to say. So I had to jump in and help you out because you were like, you know, two hands on your head, like mouth a gate wide open, like, I can't believe what just happened. Well, that's and, what uh, I said. So I couldn't believe it. Yeah, exactly. I uh, I second that. The, the energy was there. The vibes were there, Kevin. The, vi- the vibes were high for the Gauchos when Connor Cox popped out to Kyle Johnson. Is that going to be my moment of the week? I guess it will be, since that was probably the most fired up that I have been uh, on the air in a while. Just considering the situation... It came right after uh, Brock airmailed the throw at third. I thought the Gauchos had uh, Jimenez for the out after the base hit by Latrell. Great job by John Newman backing up the play. And then it was like two pitches later. And it was Connor Cox facing Hall, bases loaded, one out, bottom of the ninth, tie game. And the way Cox had swung the bat all series long, I thought the Gauchos were in serious trouble. And... Clayton's fastball gets in his kitchen and a little pop up the first base and Kyle Johnson standing on first makes the catch before Latrell could get back in. Uh, it was just a huge momentum swing and the Gauchos rode it into extra innings and took care of business. So that's my moment of the week. The jam shot pop double play to send it to extras last night. Spencer or David? Tilly? Tilly. Yes, Tilly. Go for it. I wish I could just bottle the whole ninth inning up of yesterday and make it like my moment of the week just because uh, of everything you said. Uh, I mean, coming back from down three in the top uh, in, in a not easy situation to do it where offense had been hard to come by. Uh, I think John Newman, uh, who you mentioned coming in, um, first real appearances this weekend, uh, he ended up tying the game scoring the tying run uh and then like you said the the play or two pitches before kj's double play um went back and watched it i mean he is running full speed to get to back up that throw lambed um, into the wall and he he almost loses his footing so there's no breaks at all but he hits that wall and bounces up next play like knows the situation know the game's on the line completely aware that that runner at third base um could be the winning run that sends us home uh and so the presence of mind for him to be there for Clayton to show up and and fill in the spot that uh Johnny had vacated um moving over to get it I mean that that play alone stood out to me a ton and just in terms of a game-saving play and then I think it was one or two innings later he comes and makes kind of a basket catch right against the wall and kind of like a two-tiered wall section right behind home plate another huge defensive play um, I thought he really showed up. Um, so kind of his performance in the ninth inning is going to be my moment of the week. Spencer? Um, well, how could you not choose Kurtley's three-run home run? We were, we were just we're um, putting on a tee for you. That's all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, Kurtley, the first home run he hit was put on a tee for him. It was a 430-foot bomb to left center. Um, a no doubter, if you will. And that one was absolutely crushed. Uh, Kurtley's second home run was 
371 feet. I thought that Lopez had it on it and off the bat, it looked like it, but all the home runs out to left field this weekend seem to be in that similar manner where it's like, Oh, this, you know, it doesn't look like, you know, it might not be hit hard enough. Um, I think the home run that he hit was 93 miles an hour off the bat. So I'm looking at that and I'm thinking, Oh, well, uh, hopefully this, you know, hopefully it gets down, hits off the wall. Maybe next thing you know, Lopez is climbing up the wall like Spider-Man trying to make a play on it. And Curtly's got hands above his head and around to the dugout celebrating. So I was kind of caught, uh, kind of caught screen watching, I guess. Uh, but that was, that was an incredible moment. Um, but one moment that stood out to me that maybe um, was, you know, not nearly as crazy exciting um in game two Rodney's uh he had given up a leadoff double in the sixth inning um to Jesse Lopez and he went through struck out their eight four hitters in um Connor Cox and uh and Malm uh who he hadn't seen till that game and Rodney came up clutch two big strikeouts and then Latrell who really was I think defensive star for Long Beach this weekend and hits a 100 mile 101 mile line drive and Rodney sticks the glove out knocks it down flips over to first um really a, a run saving play in a game that was tied 0-0 and then what do the Gauchos do in the uh in the very next inning the top of the seventh Jordan Sprinkle hits the grand slam so I thought that the um the Boone knockdown of the 101 line drive up the middle was the was my play of the week, play of the weekend, and uh, I think it you know that momentum swing the mo as you call it, Kevin, set the stage for the Gaucho offense uh, the next inning. Yeah, I, mean, I think we had a list of maybe eight, eight or nine moments that could have been mentioned it's the sprinkle slam, it's the the currently game tying homer, the currently go ahead homer, the the two Newman plays, the uh, the knockdown before the slam by Rodney Boone, just all kinds of moments by the Gauchos this weekend. And it, it's funny, it's just like just our attitudes talking about the series because of that last game. It's just, even though it was a 2-2 series, it's not like the Gauchos won the series 3-1. It's just one game, it seems... You know, in college baseball, it, it can influence uh, the remainder of the season. So we'll see how that plays out moving forward. Some other notes that I have written down here. Oh, the, the Mortensen opposite field homer, which maybe didn't get 20 feet above the, the ground. That was awfully impressive after he got hit in the collarbone. But lots of low-scoring games, you know, it really felt like it kind of felt like that Oregon series, but just on the road in terms of the – it was hard to come back. It was well-pitched. It was back and forth, but this time the Gauchos come away with two wins. And how about uh, how about the newcomers? We could probably pick an, a top newcomer. I mean, we've already mentioned two of them, but uh, Nick Oakley filling in at second base. Got his first collegiate hit. That was on Saturday, I think. Or that might have been Friday. No, it was, it was Saturday. But he came in. He had a great at-bat against the closer, Devereaux Harrison, on Friday. 
uh, with the tying run on base in the ninth inning, and he hit it deep down the left field line. So Nick Oakley filling in at second base. He, he's also, you know, he's fielded every ball and made the play to first base when his name has been called. Uh, and then how about Bryce Willits having to play second base in the 12th inning or uh, in extras, and he makes the final out of the game. Gauchos had Newman at catcher, Willits at second, Willow went back in center field. It was just, it was one of those games where this is just who we were rolling with. And Spencer brought it up before I realized it with the the no position players left, where it was like, okay, this is who we got. Let's go for it. And well, it was did, beautiful. Did you guys see McGreevy coming back in from the bullpen with his cleats on? I didn't. I didn't notice it. We were kind of obstructed, but we were speculating. As to after who's going to come after, in if they need it, and it's going to be McGreevy. It's got to be. Well, after Brock got hit in the hand late in that game, they weren't. Oh, right. They were a little unsure of like, and we had burned everybody. So it was like, well, who, who's the next one like to be able to come in and kind of do the job? And so I, I think they had McGreevy kind of getting loose, getting ready to run if we needed him to for Brock, or getting ready to go out there if we needed him. So could it could have gotten a little bit more weird on that Sunday night for sure. We forgot about Chris Troy. How about Chris Troy's first three innings? I thought they were impressive. As he's he's working his way back to 100% in the opening role. One inning two weeks ago, two innings last week, and he goes three-plus in this game. Ran into some trouble in the fourth inning. But, I mean, he was dotting corners. He was 94-95. His, his breaking ball looked good. So that was also an impressive performance uh, for Chris Troy. So tip of the cap to him as well. You guys have anything else to add to this? Anything? Um, I just to follow you up, you mentioned Brock's home run. Uh, that was the top exit view on a home run, Brock. Brock had 108 mile an hour exit velo in all three days that I know of. So he had the ground ball on Friday <laughs> night. He had the oppo taco home run on Saturday. And then I think it was the first inning on Sunday. He had a foul ball that he hooked down the line. That was 108 miles an hour. So it wasn't, it wasn't in play. And we haven't been able to get the track band file from Sunday yet to be able to look at all that stuff. But <laughs> lots of loud barrels from him this weekend. Uh, I pulled it up here. The home run he hit, it didn't, it, reached a max height of 52 feet so your feet that's probably that's 52 that's not very high i mean it's, no, it's like I mean, I that's shorter than the distance from the pitcher to the catcher right yeah. like so it it's not not very far at all off the ground uh and it only took four seconds for it to get out so four seconds four seconds and that ball had left the field uh or it landed i should say so i, I don't know how long it took to, to get out uh, it took four seconds for the ball to go 400 feet. <laughs> well, that's so 100, that's 100 feet a second. And Good math there. Good it's, probably yeah, over math, the, yeah. it's probably over the fence before he touches first. Yeah, easily, easily. So He, he told um, me he, he put his head down and, was, and thought it was going to be a sure double. So even with him sprinting to first, it probably beat him. That's, wow. That's cool. Any pitch metrics 
Spencer, because we did have TrackMan to view. I do have some pitch metrics. I got to pull them up, though, so it might be a second. I know we had a couple of flamethrowers, though. Chris Troy, most notably, he had uh, five 95-mile-an-hour pitches, whereas uh, Chris uh, or Connor Dan, excuse me, had, uh, I believe it was three total 95. So uh, coming in, throwing some heat. Um, you know, that when you're throwing, you know, hitters, hitters train to hit 94, 95, you know, that's, that's kind of the upper echelon that you'll see, uh, you know, maybe some 96 throughout the season. Very rarely do you see a college guy throwing 97 plus, but they train to hit 94, 95. And when you're mixing in a breaking ball, that's four miles an hour and it's getting guys to buckle off the plate because they think it's going to hit them. And next thing you know, it's dropping into the strike zone. Thank you, Dan, and thank you, Troy, for that. Uh, it's fun to watch. So those guys with the fastball slider mix were absolutely nasty. I still need to tally up all of Rodney Boone's uh, swing and misses on his changeup and fastball. Uh, it was really the two-pitch mix that did it for him with the 10 strikeouts. So I got I to gotta tally that up and do a little bit of homework. Just to add on to that, so uh, we didn't have a trackman file for Sunday yet, but Dan hit 95 twice on Sunday also. So I think they both got it five times this weekend. And then uh, Dan did it multiple times, 95 on his, in his appearance on, uh, what was that, Friday? And then 95 again on Sunday, or 95 on Saturday and 95 on Sunday. Beautiful. Well, it was great having fans there, you know, seeing familiar faces, donors, and parents. So it's been a long time coming, and we are happy that they made the trips from wherever they were coming from to watch the Gauchos play and to watch their their kids play. So we do want to give a shout-out to parents and donors uh, for being in attendance at Blair Field because I'm sure they made a difference one way or the other uh, for the guys out there. Let's look ahead at the Cal Poly series Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, 5 o'clock on Friday, doubleheader Saturday, 1 o'clock on Sunday. Uh, Cal Poly, they've been kind of a Jekyll and Hyde this year where some days they're they're hitting the cover off the ball and then some days they're not. Uh, right now they're 9-11 and 11 in the Big West, 19-17 and 17 overall. They're coming off of a home series against UC Riverside in which they split with the Highlanders. They won the first two games, lost the second two. The week before that, they lost three of four to Irvine. And two weeks ago, they were at Blair Field against Long Beach State and split against the Dirtbags. And we do know that Cal Poly, uh, they can hit. And they have a stud shortstop in Brooks Lee, who is the son of their head coach, Larry Lee. And Brooks Lee is going to be good. And is he a true freshman or a redshirt freshman, Brooks Lee? Do you guys know that? Because I think, I mean, it's him. You got it, Tilly? Uh, give me one sec. I think I do. Because if, if Brooks is a true freshman, then it's him and Rodriguez certainly going to be duking it out for for freshman of the year in the conference. Red shirt. Red shirt, Red shirt freshman. Shirt. Okay, so I, 
I don't know how they're going to do it just because there was no Big West Conference play last year. So if they're going to include redshirt freshmen, <clears throat> in that case, you know, Sprinkle's got to have consideration as well. And, and Corey Lewis will have consideration in that. But, but Brooksley, he's going to be uh, tough in that order. He is one games for, for Cal Poly this season. Um, but you guys have anything on, on the Mustangs to share? Um, to go along with Brooksley, Matt Lopez has been swinging a hot bat this year. He's hitting 352, I think, on the season. Um, unfortunately, I think uh, they've had some injury problems on the pitching side as well, though. So they, they might be licking their wounds a little bit in, in that regard. Um, but Cal Poly is always a tough series. This is, again, my, my first taste of Big West play. So every series is kind of a, a new one. I believe this is the rivalry, if I'm not mistaken. The Blue um, Green rivalry. Yes, sir. The blue and green rivalry. So I know in 2019, it was a big one um, with Rodney Boone coming out on and kind of helping the Gauchos um, solidify that conference championship. And, and I know we played them once in the fall last year, but um, there's definitely uh, they, they've been itching to get back to this point. So it'll be good to see them on Friday night and good to be back home after being on the road for two weeks. Spencer, anything? Looks like they got uh, three true starters. So they got Travis Weston, Drew Thorpe, and Andrew Alvarez. And um, they have combined for over 160 innings out of their 317. So they're, they're the ones that are taking the load. Um, it's a 3.4, 3.7, and a 4.4 ERA, respectively, for those guys. And... Uh, well, if their stats are any indication, they're uh, they're a tough task. All of them have more uh, more strikeouts than they do have innings pitched. So you you're seeing that they're getting it done efficiently. Um, I guess it'll just it, it's it's going to be a week of preparation for those guys and and looking down into the uh, into the bullpen, they've got a bunch of arms that they they got you know that they'll trust five different guys have over 10 appearances so uh, it could be anyone's name called this weekend and that's kind of the name of the game in the uh the four game series like we saw this weekend you know a bunch of bunch of guys getting their names called clayton hall coming in being clutch john newman coming in being clutch every single player that we had offensively coming in being clutch at some point um hopefully hopefully the games don't get that crazy and chaotic but if we come out on top I'm not going to complain. Those are they're fun every now and then. They're fun every now and then. The the crazy ones where you're riding your emotions pitch to pitch. Cal Poly right in the middle of the pack in team ERA 4.80 and they're uh, hitting 265 as a team. They do have 66 doubles, which is second in the conference. Um but they've been up and down. And I know that they, they have battled the injury bug. I think it's it's the nature of, of the season. Gouches have had to deal with it as well. Uh, but UCSB continues to lead the conference in most of the major categories. Slugging percentage, runs batted in, hits, runs scored, doubles, home runs, total bases, sack flies, stolen bases, Gouches number one in all of those categories in the Big West, and they're number two in hit-by-pitch, batting average, 
triples, and walks. So offense continuing to get it done. And on the pitching side, I mean, the Ronnie Boone <laughs> continues to just be fantastic. And Chris Troy looks better and better with each appearance. And Clayton Hall, who's back from injury, looks great out of the pen. Connor Dans, I mean, Connor has had to endure some tough spots just because he's been, you know, the first or second guy out of the pen with Benbrook. So, like, his, his ERA doesn't necessarily tell the whole story. But when he's on, he's he's tough as well. And uh, Gaucho's return home, which they like to hit in as well. So I think it'll probably be more of an offensive series coming up with Cal Poly. And, and it'll be fun. And I Gaucho's broke a long losing streak to the Mustangs when they won the Big West Championship in 2019. It's a, it's a topic that we don't like to discuss, but it is fact. Uh, Gauchos have had trouble with Cal Poly in the past. I think that that win where with Rodney Boone on the hill that won the crown, that snapped an 11-game losing streak to the Mustangs. So the Gauchos trying to keep that winning streak or start a winning streak uh, this weekend and right the ship against the Cal Poly Mustangs. So tune in to UCSBGauchos.com. Spencer and I will have the broadcast on the audio only. Five o'clock on Friday, and Jerry Fall and Bob Bronsma will be back on Big West TV and Fall Productions for the live stream for all four of those games. And keep your fingers crossed about, and keep your ears open for announcements about parents and friends uh, coming into games. Have not received any official word, but we've had fans at San Diego and we've had fans at Long Beach. So it's trending in the right direction. So also uh, follow the gouches on Instagram, Twitter, follow UCSB analytics. You guys got a nice shout out from shotgun Spratling from D one baseball this weekend, SB baseball data on Twitter. And there's a couple of good articles out uh, about the gauchos. D one baseball did a feature on sprinkle. Um, so you can check that out. And again, Gauchos, they're they're doing their thing. And we are more than halfway through the season, more than halfway through the Big West Conference season. It's going to be fun down the stretch. Still anybody's conference with 16 games left in the conference season. So, David and Spencer, get some rest, and uh, we'll see you at the yard. Thanks, Kev. Thanks, Kev. All right, big thanks to our sponsor, Kyle's Kitchen, and a big thanks to Clayton Hall and Christian Kirtley for taking some time on this Monday. I'm sure they're exhausted after the long weekend, and thank you to David and Spencer for their awards and their chatter and their contributions to the program, as always. One thing that we forgot to talk about was the MLB report. Kyle Nelson called up to the big leagues today on Monday, he did not appear in their game with the Twins, but we will keep an eye out for appearances from Kyle Nelson. And uh, Shane Bieber took a tough loss on Saturday against the Yankees and Garrett Cole. He was outdueled by the right-hander for the Bronx Bombers. 
But Bieber, another quality start, nine more strikeouts. He went seven innings, gave up four hits. The two runs were solo homers, and it was a two-to-one loss uh, for Cleveland. But Shane rocking a 2.48 ERA and just continues to throw the ball well at the start of the 2021 season. Shane's next start will be against the White Sox on Friday in Chicago. So second time he will face the White Sox in the Windy City. Last time against uh, the Sox, he went nine innings, struck out 11, gave up only three hits and no runs in that 2 nothing extra inning win uh, for Bieber and the Indians. So keeping out for Shane Friday night uh, against the White Sox and keeping out for the Gauchos on Friday night as they start their series with the Cal Poly Mustangs. That's what's on tap this weekend. Uh, thank you for tuning in to the Gaucho 9 podcast. I hope you're enjoying it. Uh, we are approaching the stretch run of this 2021 season. It's going to be exciting. So uh, we'll see you on Friday at Caesar Wasaka Stadium.